Look, I get it. You're looking to create a business and life you love that doesn't feel like you had to sell your soul to sales and copy and marketing and email and funnels and all of that fun stuff, right? Me too. Welcome to Brianna's Home for Tea. We don't do crappy copy. We don't do spamtastic email or that filter fake front porch, bless your heart, marketing stuff. This is your show to get your cup of copy and email goodness. Have conversations with people I absolutely adore on health, wealth, relationships, and more. And walk away with strategies, tips, and tactics to implement today to become the person meant to plan, build, and design the business, life, and home of your dreams. Every Tuesday and Thursday, I'm here with a cup of tea in one hand and an invite to you in the other to come in and fill your cup. I believe everyone should feel like home in your business. Everything you need to become your best copywriter is underneath your nose. Email is like the world's best tea party. (laughs) And conversations always, always, always come before conversions, every time. So welcome to my wonderland. If you're getting curiouser and curiouser, my tea kettle is on. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of Brianna's Home for Tea, the podcast. I have a super awesome guest, which means you know it's a Thursday episode. So I have this amazing, beautiful ball of energy that is packed into a size five one body. Love it. <laughs> um, she loves overalls and growing and canning food, which I think is absolutely fantastic. She had a rooster named Cluck Norris. But I'm bones. <laughs> and she's a wife and boy mom. Welcome to the show, Kate Musing. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm I'm excited for this. Um, also love the flowers that you have in the background. Thank you. Thank you. Um, if you're listening to this, she has beautiful bouquet of flowers and recording. It's like the day after Valentine's Day. So all makes sense. <laughs> it all it all comes together, right? It does. So what for you was the impetus? Cause I know for my sister, my sister is in group coaching. She's really big into fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think she like woke up one day and was like, I'm going to be a Christian health coach. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. so how did you get to becoming a health coach and what's your that- favorite part about the thing that you do with the people that you serve? Yeah. Okay. So that's, those are two really great questions. So it started with my own personal journey. I had, I have, have currently have three boys. (laughs) Um, and when my youngest was about a year old, I was really uncomfortable with my skin, you know, at that pre-preg or post-pregnancy like body and just was not, not feeling it. And so I started my own journey. Um, and as so many women do, I started with a popular program, you know, a network marketing company. And I really loved it and it worked really well and, um, became a coach with them. And in the four years that I was a coach with this company, I realized that there was a gap in the market and that gap was faith. And that was when, um, 
the people who I found were the most successful for the long haul were those of us who had connected our faith and our health. And the people who kept yo-yoing or falling off the wagon, whatever you want to say, were the people who um, didn't have their faith connected to their health. And I felt like God was calling me out of this network marketing and into this one-on-one like independent coaching where I could help women understand what the Bible says about health and what scripture says about um, living your healthiest lifestyle and how it's not about how much you weigh, but it's in fact about how you steward the body God gave you. Um, so I guess that kind of answered the second question too. Like that's, that's what I love doing. And what I love helping my clients do is find that breakthrough where it's no longer about, um, what I look like or how I feel in my skin, but instead it's, I'm able to serve the Lord better because I'm healthy. Does that make sense? Yes. Did I answer your questions? (laughs) Okay, good. Great. They're your, they're your answers to the questions. Um, cool. So what is, what does that look like? Um, exactly. So, so elaborate as far as like stewarding your body versus just feeling good in your skin. Yeah. I think that they can overlap. Like when you, like when you're stewarding your body, well, you feel better in your skin, but it's no longer, it's, it's the difference between health issues and heart issues, right? Like, um, non-medical health issues or heart issues. When we turn to, um, sweets because we are stressed out, we're turning to sweets instead of the Lord, right? So it's, um, it becomes a heart issue. Like, because anytime you put anything before Jesus, it's an idol in your life. So eliminating the idols, right. It draws you closer to the Lord and it becomes, you become a better steward of your body and understanding that honoring the Lord with your body is being a good steward of your body. And that doesn't look the same for everybody, right? Like your healthiest self and my healthiest self are going to be totally different sizes and shapes. And that's good. We don't have to fit a physical mold to be quote unquote beautiful. We have to, we already are. God already says you're beautiful exactly as you are, no matter what your weight is, no matter what your size, God thinks you're beautiful exactly as you are, but he loves you so much that he doesn't want you to sit in your unhealthy behaviors. So it's, it's the difference between just viewing it as unhealthy actions, healthy or unhealthy actions and healthy and unhealthy thought patterns that lead to habits, like habitual, unhealthy lifestyles. Gotcha. Um, okay. That makes so much sense. Heart issues versus health issues. Um, so then my next question would be, because we're both in the coaching space. So I know that we have like the, the circumstance, thoughts, feelings, action, behavior. Yes. Like that, Mm -hmm. that makes sense for us. Um, but for those who maybe haven't come into consciousness or awareness of that difference. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what are, for those who are like new into health or they have these thoughts, like what are thoughts that you see that people are coming to you for, or maybe I'll ask this a different way. Um, what are results that they're getting that they're tying to thoughts unconsciously? Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. 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 Um, this is one of my favorite things to teach my clients is that we come into health thinking that we need to change our actions. I need to change my diet and I need to change, start exercising. Okay. That's great. You do, you do need to do those things. Those are like universal principles. You need to move your body and you need to eat, you know, eat vegetables. We know this. Everyone knows this. Nobody is stupid. You know, listeners that you need to eat vegetables and move your body (laughs) and drink water. Right. And drink water and sleep. And, you know, we know these things, but when we try to overhaul our life to be healthy, we often, what we're told by the diet industry and the health industry is that we need to overhaul our nutrition and overhaul exercise. So, but what, but what you're doing essentially is only changing your actions So let's use the exercise one first. If you go into every workout saying, I hate this, I hate exercise. That thought creates feelings of this is awful. I don't want to do it. And then your actions, your actual workout is you just kind of, um, you don't do your best, right? You don't give it your all. And so your results are kind of crappy, like, well, exercise isn't actually working. So now you have this whole new thought of how exercise doesn't actually work. Like it doesn't help me lose weight. Well, no, of course not. Because you keep thinking it's not going to help you lose weight, which makes you feel like overwhelmed and it makes you feel powerless and it makes you feel, um, ah, like who wants to feel that way? I don't want to do something that makes me feel overwhelmed and powerless. And I certainly am not going to get results, good results from anything in that, in that sense with that mindset. But when you change the thought to something like, um, this exercise is going to give me more energy, right? It's going to help me. It's going to help me get through my day with some more energy. Okay, now I've got some positive emotions attached to it. Like, oh, well, if I'm doing it for the energy, then yeah, like I need more energy. This is, this is it. Like it feels, I feel successful. I feel like I, I got a tangible result. And the, so the action I'm going to take is I'm going to give it my all because I want more energy. And then the result is you have more energy right? So the thought created the result, the action line in this, in each one is the same. You're exercising, but the way you exercise and the way you come and give yourself to that exercise is totally different. It's from a totally different mindset. And so it creates a totally different result. And the same thing with food, you know, when, (laughs) when the thought is vegetables are gross, then when you're making your vegetables, you're probably going to like 
boil them and like sprinkle salt on them. I know, right? She just gagged. Yeah, like, and then like, that's the action you're gonna take because you're grossed out. Like your feelings are like, ew, this is gross and I don't like it. Well, yeah, then you're not gonna eat any vegetables and you're not gonna like it. But if you grill them or roast them or put some flipping ranch on them, if putting ranch on it or whatever, hummus, guacamole, if dipping a vegetable means that you'll eat the vegetable, then put some dip on it. Who says you can't do that? The Bible didn't say it. So, you know, so who cares what anyone else says? This health coach says, dip it, go for it. But when you say to yourself, it's possible that I could like these vegetables if they're, if I find it's possible for me to find a way to cook these vegetables and really like them. It's possible for me to like the vegetables. All of a sudden your brain starts to find ways that it is possible and you do like them. And then your action is, and so then your thought is, no, your thought is it's possible for me to like these vegetables, to find a way to like them. Then your feelings about it are, you get really curious and you get really, um, you feel a little bit more empowered. Oh, I bet it, I bet I could do that, right? Maybe a little rebellious. I'm gonna do it. And then your actions is you actually find a way that you like them and then you're eating vegetables and you like it and you eat more vegetables. And the result ends up being like a natural byproduct of healthy choices is weight loss. Right. So then you've lost the weight in a way that's sustainable, it's attainable, and it's wise. And you didn't even know you were doing it. That's when weight loss, like actually the weight actually stays off, is when you do it and you didn't even realize you were doing it. It's fun. Yeah. So like if when we stop thinking about the actions, about changing our actions, and we start changing our thoughts about health, we actually get the results we're looking for instead of doing that yo-yo business, you know, I'm doing so great. I suck at life. I'm exercising all the time. I'm a failure. Like, (laughs) oh my gosh, that's so action driven. It is. I am reaching. I need my other pen. Okay. Um, And and my coffee cup, because I don't, I can't think without a cup near me. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, uh, that's so funny because I was thinking as you were talking about the the exercise and the food part. Um, because I have and use thoughts create actions and results. So I'm gonna be careful with my words. Um, I have a past history mm-hmm. of exercising once or twice, feeling really good, getting yeah. really sore, and then putting it off for the next six months. Um, (laughs) Yep. And there's probably a thought there. And I think it's just like, this isn't going to be really hard or I'm going to feel this tomorrow. Right. And I do feel it tomorrow. Um, Even though like once I finish, I'm like, yes. What is that that TikTok? It's like, I'm a man. I'm strong. I want to go to war. War. (laughs) Yes, I've seen that one. Yeah. Like that's the feeling that I have. And then I'm like, okay, that was bleeding. <laughs> right. And then the next day you're like, I'm pretty sure I'm dying. Right. Yeah. Everything hurts and I'm dying and I don't want to do that ever again. Yeah. And I do this, I do this. I'm 
when you were talking about vegetables, I'm like Brussels sprouts. Because mm-hmm. um, Brussels, I am not, I have not been very fond of cabbages. Yeah. Um, I do like red cabbage. Because mm-hmm. it's it's not it's one of those. Yeah, it's not one of those that you like just boil. And I'm yeah, from yeah. Georgia in the South. So like it is salt, it is bacon, and it is boiling all the nutrients out of it and yes. it's good cabbage and I'm like I don't know yeah. thinking about it the smell is like mm-hmm. um, so then there's these mini cabbages called Brussels sprouts and I'm like no mm-hmm. um but I do I have found a few ways that I like to eat them so yeah and like who says you have to do it how everyone else does it like if you like, if eating cabbage or eating, well, cabbage or Brussels sprouts means that you cook them in some bacon fat with some bacon, like, and like pan fry, it's so good with some Parmesan. Listen, do it. Yeah. I like who mine. Says, I like mine. You can do that. Yeah. Who says? Who says? Um, <laughs> yeah. I like mine either. If I pan fry them, then caramelized with mm-hmm. onions and bacon and then I throw a little balsamic on there so it yes. has acid with the fat oh my gosh balsamic on brussels sprouts is the best it's so good it's the best. or I just roast them um with a mm-hmm. little salt and pepper and then same thing with a little yeah. hit of balsamic mm-hmm. uh cool so once we have made it fun, right? We've added yeah. the sauces and we dip <laughs> it in all the things. Um, what comes next as far as, as keeping it sustainable? Like what, what is that, I don't want to say missing piece, um, but what have you found is really key in your success in staying sustainable and making sure it's still attainable um and then seeing that in your clients as well yeah it's baby steps again the health industry wants you to buy this exercise program and this start this diet and what it's asking you to do is go from you know where you're at to you're jumping to like the fourth rung on the ladder right And just trying to get to the top of the ladder where your health goals, you'll meet your health goals. But when you're climbing a ladder, you never go to the fourth rung first. You don't, you have to take the babies, the steps in between. And there are steps between where you're at and following that nutrition plan to a T or, you know, if, if you only exercise right now, currently, you know, once a week, like say you go to a Zumba class once a week, right? That's your thing. I don't know what your thing is, but let's pretend that's your thing. Then for you to say, okay, now I'm going to start exercising six days a week for an hour every day. That's the fourth rung of the ladder. No, you're probably not going to do that. It's not sustainable, attainable, or wise to jump all the way up there. You're going to fall back down. And where do you fall? When you start at the bottom and you go to the top, like to fourth rung, you don't fall to the third rung, you fall all the way back down. 
right? You've got to go to step one. Step one might be, I'm going to walk for 10 minutes a day, three days a week. And my clients come to me and they're like, no, 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 that's not going to work. Like, that's not enough. 10 minutes, Kate, for three days a week. I'm like, yeah, trust me, just do it. I'm like, does it feel sustainable? Can you do that for the rest of your life? When you are 85 years old, can you go for a 10 minute walk three days a week? And they're like, well, yeah. Okay. Is that attainable? Is that something you could do tomorrow and the next day and next week? And then they're like, yeah, I could, I could make that happen pretty quickly. Like, okay. So then we know that it's wise, right? It's not like you're saying, I want you to go run, you know, 10 minutes. No, if, if you're just, you know, not working out at all, then walking is your first step. It's wise. It's sustainable, attainable, and wise. And that is a good habit for you to start at. That's your baby step. And when that becomes who you are, like to your very core, like, no, I'm a walker. I walk three days a week. That's just what I do. That's who I am. It's what I do. Then you're ready to step on the next step and maybe add an extra day a week or say 15 minutes, three days a week. Or I'm going to walk, I'm still going to do three days a week for 10 minutes, but I'm going to add some ankle weights or I'm going to, you know, do some bicep curls while I walk. It's those teeny tiny things that we add that become the stepping stones for building a really healthy lifestyle, right? You don't, when you're building a house, you don't take these giant, you know, stones or blocks of cement and put it in place. It doesn't work that way. It's one brick at a time. It's one two by four at a time. It's one cinder block at a time, depending on where you live. And you build it from the ground up one step at a time. It's the same thing in your health. So the baby steps are what's missing from every other program. (laughs) I'm sure there are other programs that teach baby steps. Um, but when you do it that way, then, then it lasts and then you get results. I mean, I have a client who started literally started walking 10 minutes a day, three days a week. That was it. That's all she did for exercise. And she added one piece of fruit, I think five days a week. Like those were her very, like, and she lost 12 pounds in eight weeks. Like, don't tell me it doesn't work. It does. It does. When you make healthy choices, your body becomes healthier. And if that means weight loss, it means weight loss. If that means weight gain, you're going to gain weight. If it means toning up, you're going to tone up because you're doing the things. You're just doing it in a way that's sustainable. That works. So it's, it's really that for lack of better words, like the atomic habits, the yeah. Oh yeah. Um, compound effect. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. It's, it's absolutely a compounded effect. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I love that. That's, that's one of the things that I've been working on. So, um, health is my goal for this year. Um, yeah. not just physical health, but like financial health and like mental health and all the health. That. Yeah. Um, so every morning that I wake up, I always start with, I have the by my desk, see compound habits, habit stacking. I have water that literally sits on my desk and I'm not allowed to touch my coffee or tea in the morning before I finish half of this. Yep. That's a great, oh my gosh. I love that. I love that. And then you use coffee as kind of a little reward. Like, yes, I did it. Now I get to enjoy this, especially if you don't like water, right? Like 
Who wants to drink water when you can have coffee? <laughs> I mean, coffee is like, it's there. Like it's, it's a routine and a habit now. And I've noticed mm-hmm. that. Like yeah. I can do without coffee, but my brain's like water, coffee, tea the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that makes so much sense. All right. So I kind of want to switch because we've talked a lot about like the very personal sense of this journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and the entire time you were talking, I was, side note, I was giggling because um, when I was planning for my wedding, mm-hmm. I was like, I just want to look in my dress. I just need this like three inches yeah. on my pooch gone. Um, <laughs> That's so common. It's, I mean, yeah. I, I had a crepe, like a crepe dress. So like it showed everything, everything. And um, I have very loving family members who um, are very concerned about work, very concerned about my stomach area and how I looked. And they're like, you can get shapewear. And I'm like, you can't, not with this dress. That's not how this works. Um, so I went zero to a hundred and I didn't like keto because I was like, there are some things that I need in my life. So with paleo, because that makes sense, right? Um, lost five pounds, but I like went paleo and got a physical trainer because I worked at a corporate where they had like mm-hmm. physical training and he put me zero to a hundred. He's like, cool, go run around the building and then all these weights. And I was like, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I lost five pounds. It was great. Um, and then I gained 12. So, I, but that's the yo yo, right? That is the yo yo. You go balls to the walls and you lose them and then you gain it all back because who can sustain that? But the, also, the thing was um, the support for me mm-hmm. in, um, in my family. So, my at the time, my partner at the time, um, we would go out and he would be like, hey, let's go get sushi. With paleo, you can't eat rice. Um, mm-hmm. So anytime we'd go somewhere, my options were limited, which isn't bad. Like I was, I was committed. Right. I say that and then I finish the story and it's like, no, you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> but I was committed. I was like, no, I'm going to do this. This is what I mm-hmm. want to do. Like, it's even the 30 days. I'm like, I just want to do the 30 days and see where it gets me. Yeah. Um, but like day 18 and a half, he's like, let's go get sushi. He's like, you can eat a sweet, or he's like, you can eat a piece of rice. Like you can eat all of these little things. And he's Mexican. So like corn was really, really big. And like everything changed for him, which he was not as on board. Yeah. On board with. So when you have a lifestyle change, mm-hmm. a health change that you are doing um, or that your clients are doing, how important is the support in your immediate circle, in your family, in your home? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you implement those changes? Or is there ever a time where you would advise like, they do their thing, you do your thing, and I'm going to cheer you on. Yeah, I think that's a great question. And because it applies to everyone who lives with anyone, 
Um, yeah. The first thing I'll say is if it's healthy enough for you to do it, then it's, if it's important enough for you to do it, it's, it's, it's important enough change for, you know, your family, right? Like if I need to eat more vegetables, then I'm, it's probably safe to say that my kids need to eat more vegetables and my husband, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. But this comes down to that attainable piece. If health is not attainable in your lifestyle, then it's not wise to even start, right? And it also comes down to something I teach my clients is that food is neutral. Food is not good or bad. We cannot say, because I think the rice is such a perfect example. For someone who is paleo, they will say that rice is bad. But for someone from an Asian culture or a Hispanic culture, they will say rice is good, right? So now we have two very conflicting moralities that we've attached to rice, right? Like rice is not, it doesn't have a morality. It's rice. It's totally neutral, right? Because what is good for someone might be bad for someone else. What is positive or negative, it, we can't say that food is good or bad. We can't say sugar is bad because for some people it's not. We can't say meat is good or bad. We can't say these things because it's not true for everyone. So food is then neutral. And when we view it that way, all of a sudden it's not all or nothing. Well, if rice is neutral, then I can have some sushi and enjoy it. And it's not going to ruin my diet. It's not going to ruin my nutrition. It's not going to ruin my results for me to enjoy some sushi because I'm not eating, you know, three bowls full of rice. I'm eating, I'm eating it in, in a little bit of sushi. Does that make sense? It's the motivation of your heart that that gives the food a positive or negative connotation. So it's kind of twofold, like recognizing that food is neutral is a huge mindset shift for most people. Most people have a food that they have, a food or a drink that they have decided is good or bad, you know, and, and it's just not true. Like it, it's just not, it's not a fact. It's not true. So when we can view food as neutral, then we can go into situations with family and friends and not feel like we have to limit ourselves in a bad way, not feel like we have to restrict ourselves. Um, <clears throat> a good example that in, for me in our house is chips. I don't love having chips in the house because I don't have a ton of self control around them and neither does my family. <laughs> like my kids want to, I've got three little boys, like they can plow through a bag of chips. Like it's insanity, <laughs> but chips are not good or bad, right? Like having a few chips, isn't going to, isn't going to destroy my health. It's not going to do that. But saying to my kids, we're never buying chips 
because mommy doesn't want them in the house because they're not healthy, you know their rebellious butts are going to go out and get chips anywhere they can get them. Right? Yes. So, so we figure out, you know, ways to ways around it. Okay. The Super Bowl is an, you know, a good, you know, we got chips. It was, it was a, a time when we bought chips, but we're not going to buy them on a regular basis. It was a special treat, right? Cereal. We don't buy cereal. That's more for me than anyone. Well, because cereal is expensive. Good grief. And like three boys, we plow through a box of cereal a morning. That's expensive breakfast. And I don't have self-control around cereal. I'm not good with that. I'm like, oh, look, cereal for dinner and a snack and dessert. <laughs> like, So we just don't buy it, except on birthdays. On birthdays, we get birthday cereal and whoever's birthday it is gets to buy the birthday cereal. So they don't feel like they're, you know, unable to have it. They know that cereal is not a bad thing. We can enjoy it but we enjoy it in moderation and in a way that works for our whole family. So yeah. And it's, it's kind of a respect thing too, right? Like you hope that your significant other will respect that you are trying to make healthier choices and that they won't, you know, try to tempt you by bringing home ice cream but that's not always the case. And so it comes down to self-control, which is a fruit of the spirit. And that's on you, not on them. But it also is, you know, okay, why are they trying to tempt me with some sushi when he knows I'm trying to not do this? Well, maybe he felt disrespected, you know, or maybe my husband felt disrespected because I threw out all the sweets. <laughs> what? You know what I mean? So he was like, no, that's not okay. Because he doesn't have an issue with self-control around ice cream. I do. And that's on me, not on him. He shouldn't have to not have it in the house just because I can't control myself. That was a lot of different answers for your one question. No, it works. Um, I think it entirely works because it, it shows the entire span of what support could look like um, yeah. and the, the thoughts around it. Um, so yeah, I love that. And when I'm working with my clients, I often, you know, a lot of times the husbands are in the background or, and I'll hear them say, Hey, I'm okay with that. Like, <laughs> or I'll ask, you know, the wife, you know, Hey, I know that, you know, you've got a husband too, or you've got kids who, you know, is this something that would work for all of you? Because if it's not, then let's work on something else, right? Let's, let's, if they're not going to eat Brussels sprouts, then don't start trying to add Brussels sprouts in right now, you know, add something different that they will eat. I can't think of a vegetable that add carrots in you know, because maybe they'll eat that for now and then slowly introduce Brussels sprouts, <laughs> you know, like let's, let's start small and start integrating health into your life. Because again, what's healthy 
what healthy looks like for you is very different than what healthy might look like for me because our lifestyles are different and our families are different. And that's why one size fits all diets and programs aren't, they aren't designed to work for everybody. I love that. Yeah. My one thing that my mom did, um, cause I'm, I'm not a picky eater and I'm a millennial. So, you know, I had parents who grew up with the eat it anyway, kind of mentality. <laughs> um, but around 13, cause your taste buds change every, every few years, um, around 13, a lot of my food preferences changed. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I stopped eating ham. Can't stand the smell of it. Like it makes me nauseous. Mm -hmm. Um, Cabbage I used to eat. Not anymore. Nope. It, I mean, it has to be cooked a certain way. Like I love bok choy, but if bok Mm -hmm. choy is cooked a little too much and it tastes like cabbage, I'm like, Um, but I also don't like for this specific example, I do not like lima beans. It's a texture thing for me, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's like a, it's, it's weirdly sweet, but it's savory. I like, I don't, I don't even know what it's, but I just, I don't like my mm-hmm. Um, but growing up in the South, succotash is a thing mm-hmm. and it's an easy vegetable to make, but corn, the lima beans is done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't eat lima beans. And so I would sit at the table and cry. Because my yep. parents wouldn't let me up. Because <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So what my mom started doing, because um, that was around the time that edamame was really big. Yeah. And we loved edamame. So she would put, instead of lima beans, she put edamame in the sectash. Yeah. And I absolutely loved it. Um, yeah. So that's, just wanted to like throw that out there in case. Yeah. Sometimes there are little swaps you can do. Yeah, for sure. I have a kid. Um, and you know, it's as far as kids are concerned, it's really just setting them up for success. Right. So I have, I have two who will eat just about anything and one who could live on ketchup and would, if he had his way, um, and he won't eat the most random things like So I know that if I'm making, um, oh gosh, if I'm making chicken and vegetables and rice, okay, I'm just not going to put any rice on his plate. That's the hill I'm not willing to die on. It's just rice. He hates rice. I'm not going to put it on his plate. Actually, you know what we do? We have a rule in our house that that you have to take a polite bite. Mm -hmm. You have to take one bite. It does not have to be a big bite, but you have to take a bite because when you are an adult, you don't get to be like, I don't like that. I'm not eating this all the time. There are times and situations when you just have to kind of eat what you're given, right? So they have to take a polite bite. And after that, they don't have to eat it. But there are other times that I'm like, if I make spaghetti, for whatever reason, he doesn't like spaghetti sauce. Okay, so have noodles with with Parmesan on it. I don't care, you know? Or if I'm making a meal and I'm making vegetables, I always make more than one vegetable. 
because if a kid doesn't like one of the vegetables, he's going to eat the other one. So making them feel like they have a choice when they really, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm in control of it. Like I'm choosing to make carrots and Brussels sprouts because I know one kid will eat either one, but one kid is not going to love the Brussels sprouts. So he only has to eat one, but he still gets plenty of vegetables because he's going to eat the carrots. Like just set your kids up for success. Don't throw a bunch of lima beans on the plate. If they don't like the lima beans, switch it out with edamame. That's a great option. You know, I love that. I love that your mom did that. Go yeah. mom. Go mom. Um, yeah, I, I used to do that when I babysat a lot because I had, what was, it was like really weird. Um, I think one of them, one of them ate like everything. And then my sweet girl, she would not eat I think it was, it was something green. I think it might've been broccoli, mm -hmm. might've been broccoli um, or corn either way. But as soon as I put ranch on the plate, she was like, this works. Or she's like, no, thank you, Miss Brianna. And I was like, okay, we'll just take like, cause she was like four or five at the time. Yeah, I was like, take okay, four. take like five bites, just five bites. And then we're all done. Yeah. You don't have to eat all of it. Just five bites with your hot dog so that yeah. I could tell your mom you ate vegetables. <laughs> right? So I don't feel like a failure of a parent because you won't eat vegetables. I don't care if you dip it in ketchup, but eat it. I think they did that too. No, I was, I was only the nanny, but I was, I was on <laughs> orders. I was on yeah. orders, eat the vegetables. Uh, they could cry, they could fuss, like they could, they could have all the emotions, but they took yeah. their five bites and then they were done. Um, cool. So I'm going to switch to my second favorite part of the interview where I ask a few random rapid fire questions. Okay. Um, <laughs> and that's, that's how I like to wrap up shows because they're super fun. Okay. Um, so before I get to my normal five, what is that super awesome tattoo that I've been looking at this entire time? Cause I wanted to ask that for the past hour. Yeah. It's protect, explore and create. Oh, I love it. Thanks. I love it. Um, so my first question is, as I'm sitting here with my giant cup of love, what is your favorite cup of love? I guess we'll, we'll stick to mornings because this is a, a morning-ish show. So what's your favorite morning cup of love? Is it coffee? Is it tea, cider, hot cocoa, wine, what have you? Wine in the morning. Um, no, black coffee. You have black a roast coffee. that you prefer? Um, Nope. I'm not picky. I, I'm not picky. Strong black coffee. That works. Yeah. My granddaddy, he's a very specific medium roast, like Folgers. Is, really? Yep. That's, that's his go-to. Um, my grandma likes blonde coffee. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, it's super light and I don't need that much caffeine. And yeah. I worked at Starbucks. So so I'm like, did you know the lighter the rose, the more caffeine? Yeah. I like, I like a good dark roast um, mm -hmm. if I'm going to drink it. So like a Colombian or French or an Italian or an espresso. So good. Yep. Dark, thick, and hot. <laughs> Your work. It works. 
Um, cool. So then my second question is, what is a book or resource that has been very helpful for you either in your life, in your business journey? Um, yeah. Um, oh my gosh. So, so, so many. I love the book right now. Right now I'm reading Get Your Life Back um, by John Eldridge. Thank you. By John Eldridge. Um, and it is phenomenal. It's very, very practical, um, about like restoration, like restoring your unity with God, um, but in really practical ways. So I'm really digging that book right now. Cool. All right. Um, my next question is if today was your last day on this goodness green earth, mm -hmm. what would you like written on your epitaph? I don't know, something sassy. <laughs> I don't know. That I loved Jesus more than anything. I just want to love Jesus and I want to be known for loving Jesus and loving people. Awesome. I love it. Um, Next one is couple of book epitaph. What is your definition of unapologetically authentic? That um, living in your fullness, like the fullness of Christ. Beautiful. Yeah. And then where can people find you if they would like to learn more about not yo-yo dieting or... <laughs> eating with children and getting all of that support. Yeah. Um, super simple, just Facebook. Um, just my name, Kate Musing on Facebook. Um, I like to, I really like to keep it simple. <laughs> so yeah, there or email me. If you don't have Facebook, you can email me. Cool beans. All right. That is our show. So I hope that you enjoyed this. Go follow Kate. She has amazing resources and she's a bundle and a ball of energy. Um, and I've, I've only recently met her. So go check out Kate Musing. And until next time, remember that an unapologetically authentic life, business, relationship, career begins and ends with you. Chat soon.